0: We're in our series, uh, Kings and uh, Kingdoms, and uh, we've been walking through uh, the first kings of uh, Israel. So you remember that our first week, we uh, looked at King Saul, thank you, King Saul, right? And uh, we saw that Saul looked great on the outside, right? Head and shoulders above everybody else, handsome guy, Brad Pitt of the world kind of thing, right? Uh, But on the inside, uh, he just was lacking, with that heart for God, right? And then the last two weeks, Pastor Andrew introduced us to King David, and we saw King David had incredible heart for God, uh, but he got distracted by his own desires, right? He got distracted by his own desires, like that woman Bathsheba and assorted other things, right? And led him to murder, all kinds of problems. So today we turn to uh, King Solomon, third king, Uh, of Israel. And you can kind of capture Solomon, really, with these words, wisdom and compromise. That what we're going to see in Solomon uh, is some incredible wisdom, right? A path of incredible wisdom. And at the same time, we're going to see a path of this ongoing compromise, right? And that, that is going to become kind of a mirror for us this morning in terms of uh our own uh life. So what happens? Uh David, as Pastor Andrew shared with you last week, gets to uh, to the end of his life uh and uh, he finally calls the priest and the prophet together and says, Hey, anoint my son uh Solomon. Of course, that's because Bathsheba came in and said, Wait, David, you promised that my, our son Solomon would sit upon the throne because one of other, David's other sons was getting together his guys and already partying and assuming that he was going to uh, take over. So instead we get uh, Bathsheba appealing to him. And so, yes, he says, go and anoint uh, Solomon king. He also brings Solomon in uh, to his uh, side as he's uh, breathing his last and he gives him some instructions Uh, Last week, Pastor Andrew shared with you some of those instructions were get rid of people, (laughs) right? But he also gives him some good instructions about what it means to be king. And uh, here is some words from uh, King David uh, to his son Solomon now, who is going to take over uh, the throne. He says, I'm going where everyone on earth must someday go. You get what he's saying there, right? I mean, we all know that about ourselves, right? Life's going to come to an end. So someday. uh, So that's what's happening. He's dying. And he says a peculiar thing. He says, take courage and be a man. Uh, Now, we don't really know the exact age uh, of Solomon when he becomes king. Uh, scholars have done the math, and you know, and say, "Well, this happened. That means that happened. That means so many years." They kind of done the math, and basically, uh, scholars are mixed on this thing. And it goes everywhere from perhaps at his youngest, maybe he was taking over at the age of 12. Remember when you were 12 years old? Just what you wanted to do was be king, right? When you're in your 12 year olds, right? Uh, but could be as young uh, as uh, 12 years old. And on the other end of the spectrum probably not older than 30 years old. And most scholars kind of generally agree that he was somewhere in the middle of that, right? He was somewhere around 20 years old when he became uh, king of Israel. Do you remember when you were 20 years old? Ready to be king, right? Uh, Maybe not so much, right? Thought you were, maybe not so much. So anyway, he says, Take courage and be a man. Then in verse 3, he gives him this incredible piece of wisdom and advice. And it's one that we need to hold on to as we go through this whole message this morning, right? This is the foundation to what we're going to discover this morning. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. How many of his ways? That would be all, exactly all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses. Do you notice in just this little bit here how David is covering every base he can cover in trying to get it through to Solomon? Listen, do what God says you should do, right? I mean, he's like, do, observe the requirements. Follow the decrees, the commands, the regulations, the laws, anything, everything. Do it all. Right? He's covering as much... As he can say around getting the simple message to Solomon saying, listen, just, just do what God says. Just do what God says, right? So that you'll be successful in all that you do and wherever you go. This is the wisdom that David gives him. Just do it God's way. Just do what God says just do what God says and then you'll be successful wherever you go whatever you do just do it his way get the message this is the underpinning of what not only David says to Solomon but it is what God says to us this morning just just do it his way just do it his way Solomon takes over the throne. Uh, He takes up David's other advice, too, about getting rid of some people. (laughs) So he dispatches some people. And so finally it says, so the kingdom was now firmly in Solomon's grip. And so now Solomon is sitting on the throne. Your king, what do you do? What do you do? Well, the first thing Solomon does is he goes and he worships the Lord. And when he goes and he worships the Lord, he worships the Lord in radical generosity, right? So he doesn't just go and worship and offer a little gift. If you go to the text, he goes and he worships in just incredible, radical generosity in his worship, right? We didn't come up with that term. It's biblical. He just worships in this radical, generous way of worship, and God is moved. And so God says to Solomon, Solomon, ask for what you want and I'll give it to you. Just ask. Ask whatever you want and I will give it to you. Nice. Blank check. Did you wish you had that when you were 20 years old? Right? Mom or dad just saying, hey, you know, 20 years old, starting a new life, all on your own now. Here, just ask and we'll give you whatever you want. (laughs) Didn't get that. You did either, be nice, right? This is what God's doing. He's saying, Hey, ask whatever you want. Ask whatever you want. Now, here you're going to get an important, important, important biblical insight. You ready? In response, Solomon asks. The important thing for us this morning is to watch what he asks for and what God gives, right? So often when we go to God and we ask, Right? Don't we often ask for the things that we look at and perceive to be just missing in our lives? And we ask God to fill these holes in these gaps in our lives. When in reality, the best thing we can do is ask God to build on what He has already given into our lives. The best thing we can do is ask God to build on the gifts that He's already given given into our lives for his purpose. Because that's the way it works. God gives us, right? If you're already a Christ follower, if you're already there saying Jesus is Lord, right? God's invaded your life, and when he invades, he brings gifts, right? He brings gifts. And those gifts are given for you to be successful in all that you do for his purposes. That's what uh, what David was telling Solomon, right? Right? Be successful when you do good. So, he gives gifts for us to be successful for the kingdom. When we ask, the best thing we can do is ask for the gift, to build on the gift that he's already given to be successful for his kingdom. Do you follow that? That's good teaching. You're going to understand it, hopefully, in Solomon here, right? So, Solomon, blank check... Solomon, who loved the Lord and followed the decrees of his father, right? So his heart was like David. He loved the Lord, right? And so what does he do? He says, now, O Lord my God, you've made me king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot even be counted. Here's the ask. Give me an understanding heart. So that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. What does he ask for? We summarize it in that he asks for the gift of wisdom. But what does he want the wisdom for? So that he can govern the people that are God's people. So he can use his life in a way that accomplishes God's purposes he understands his heart is for god he understands he is there as god's king because after all like anna just sing saying what god is king of everything and solomon's life is there to serve god and so he's asking for this gift that will allow him to serve god even greater rather than asking for what you don't have ask God to build on the gifts he's already given you for the purpose of his kingdom in your life. When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw, what did he have? They saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. He asks, God gives. And Solomon receives this incredible gift of wisdom. And his people start seeing the wisdom that Solomon begins to display. And it goes beyond his people. It says, God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. What's it trying to tell you? This is like incredible off-the-charts wisdom, right? Only God can do this kind kind of wisdom. He says, in fact... His wisdom exceeded that of all the wise men of the east and the wise men of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else. And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to do what? To listen to the wisdom of Solomon. What is going on? God gives him the gift. And this gift now is given not only to allow Solomon to govern Israel, but through this gift... God, through Solomon, begins to influence nations. Because he builds this gift in Solomon, right? Because he builds this gift for God's purposes in Solomon. Now, through this gift, God, through Solomon, is able to influence nations. This is part of the promise he made way back to Abraham, right? When he said, Abraham, listen, your descendants, sand and the shore, they're going to multiply. And your nation, Israel, is going to become the center in the influence to nations. Other nations will pour to it. You see how it works? God is using Solomon. He's giving him a gift that serves his purposes. And that purpose has such ability in it, that gift has such ability in it, that through Solomon, through the gift, he's now influencing nations. See what God can do with your gifts? Pretty dang amazing. Things are going well for Solomon, right? The kingdom of Israel has become the center place. He's influencing nations. Everything is off the charts. He's built a temple. He, he is just, the, the Israel of, uh, is at peace. Israel is at peace with all its neighbors. I mean, Israel is at the pinnacle. Then a problem. Solomon, at the pinnacle of his reign, begins to compromise. He begins to compromise. Remember what David told him. David said what? Just do what God says, right? Do what the king of the world says. Just do what God says and you'll be successful. Solomon begins to compromise. And he compromises his dependence on God's word. Here it is. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, He married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from the Hittites, among the Hittites. What is he doing? He's doing exactly what God said don't do. Right? Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, it's clear in Deuteronomy. It's explicit in Deuteronomy where God says to his people, Don't marry the Egyptians. Don't do that. Don't don't even get their horses and their chariots. Just don't do that. Right? Right? Don't marry foreigners and bring them into Israel. God says, just don't, don't do that. What is Solomon doing? Solomon begins to compromise. He compromises and begins to use worldly wisdom. It is the diplomacy diplomacy of his age. If you want to be a great diplomat, keep peace going along. What do you do? You create allegiances and alliances with neighbor nations, and you do that most effectively by marrying. <laughs> you know the story, right? You've seen it in all the movies, right? Just marry one of them, and now now you got the allegiance and you got the alliance. And what does Solomon do? Solomon begins practicing, and compromises, and practices worldly wisdom the wisdom of worldly diplomacy and instead he compromises on god's word god's word says don't don't do that and yet he gives in and compromises to worldly wisdom are you shocked are you surprised probably not because we do it all the time we do it. We do it. God says don't do this. Don't gossip. We do. Don't don't have sex outside of marriage before, during, after. Don't. We do. God says do. Forgive others as I have forgiven you. Even love those who hate you. We don't. What do we do? We compromise. We compromise. And somehow think it's not that important to do everything, all. That he commands. And Solomon begins to decline, and his compromise begins to increase. So he compromises, and he compromises in his walk with God. This guy who started out with a heart for God, now so he starts compromising in the Word of God, and he starts compromising in his walk. With God, And so you can see, he says, In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful. What was he supposed to be? Completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. What happens? Solomon begins to compromise in his walk with God. And all of a sudden, he's not completely devoted. He's not absolutely faithful. He begins to give his time and his attention elsewhere. And he compromises. This shouldn't surprise us, should it? Because we do the same. We compromise. And we devote ourselves more to worldly things than to extending the purposes of the kingdom of heaven compromise. Paul says in Romans, well we, we are supposed to have died. we're supposed to be buried with Christ in baptism and, and as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we're supposed to live what kind of lives? New kind of lives, not worldly lives, right? not worldly lives that do worldly wisdom, not worldly lives that pay more attention to the world. we're supposed to live a new kind of different elevated life in Christ's success in all that we do. Solomon begins to compromise. And so do we. Solomon begins to compromise in his wealth. Look at the wealth Solomon begins to amass. When the queen of Sheba came and visited him, she was so overwhelmed by his wisdom, she gave the king the gift of 9,000 pounds of gold. Is that a lot of gold? 9,000 pounds. Trying to figure that one out. Get your calculator out quick. No, we don't do those anymore. Get your phone out quick and do that, right? 9,000 pounds. You don't think that's enough. Look at verse 14. Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. A lot of gold. In Solomon's reign, Solomon was reported at one point in time to be the absolute richest person in the world. The trouble is, how does he begin to use his wealth? If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, which Solomon wrote, you be, read the book of Ecclesiastes and you see what happens to Solomon. Solomon compromises in understanding what his wealth is for, right? Right? The Word says all of our wealth, whatever wealth we have, it's not our own. It belongs to God. It's here for His purposes. He's here to accomplish His intentions and accomplish His kingdom right here in our lives, right? Our wealth is not our own. It's His. It's for His purpose. Solomon, read Ecclesiastes, Solomon begins to own his own wealth, and he uses his own wealth to meet his own personal desires. Whatever comes to mind he can buy it and he compromises in the purposes of his wealth we compromise Paul says on the first day of the week set aside a portion give it to God give him the first stuff but we compromise and Solomon eventually compromises on worship itself and so we see that he not only begins to worship other gods, but believe Solomon starts building temples to foreign gods inside Israel. Is this a big compromise? Huge. Inside Israel, he begins to build temples to foreign gods. And he joins his wives and begins to worship. He divides his attention and decides there's now something more important, something else more vital to worship and get his attention than the living God. Are you depressed yet? <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one because Jesus, straightforward, worship the Lord your God and serve him. What? Only. Only. Solomon begins to compromise, 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 compromise. And ultimately, it compromises his witness to the world. Remember, he had become through his gift, that means by which God was influencing other nations. And now Israel becomes just one of many nations. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he built a pagan shrine. And he built another shrine, and he built another shrine. And through his compromise, through his compromise, even the greatest gift of wisdom no longer serves God. Now, for us this morning, looking at Solomon, (laughs) and the compromise is like a huge mirror, right? Not a pleasant mirror. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, start with the truth. It is a mirror. And many of us, we're, we're in the middle of a compromise right now in our lives. But here's the good news. There is one who came in the world, and he refused to compromise. There is only one. But he came into the world, and he was challenged by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those folks, and he refused to compromise. He came into the world, and he was arrested by the Romans, and he was beaten, he was flogged. They did the worst of the worst to him. They spit on him, and they put a crown of thorns on his head. But he refused to compromise. There's somebody that came into the world, and even though they pounded nails into his flesh, and they hung him on a cross, and he bled out, even though he suffocated to death, and they threw him in the tomb and rolled a stone and said, It's all done. It's all over. The compromise is accomplished. He refused to compromise, and he walked out alive. And he says, today... Right now, in this room, no matter where your life is, no matter where your life has been, today is a new day. It is an uncompromising day. And He forgives you. He forgives you. And He's ready to give you a gift. An unparalleled gift. Of a whole new life doing it his way because he is the king of the world there is no one like him and he will elevate your life to be unlike anyone else's life in the world and you don't have to compromise anymore and together we can be the new israel we can be the israel that influences the lives of people in this place so that nations nations will come to know the king of kings and the lord of lords and they will see and understand there is no one like him he is the absolute king of the world. And we get the invitation again, just like Solomon did from his father. Your heavenly father says to you today, listen, just just do what I say. Just do what I say. And I will see to it that you have a life of success in all that you do. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks. What amazing, what an amazing God you are. Uncompromising in your love for us. That you, you will not let the things of this world and the darkness of this world get a hold of us and own us. But we belong to you. Today, Lord, there's people in the room and they're, they're struggling with compromise. know what you want uh, in their lives and uh, we just pray that you'd uh, first forgive and second empower help us to just do what you want just do what you say and understand that that is the greatest wisdom and you give it to us thank you thank you for loving us enough that Jesus would be uncompromising in following your word and your will and accomplishing our forgiveness and giving us a chance to live a different kind of life, an elevated life that is an influence for the kingdom of heaven. So encourage us and strengthen us now that we can serve you above all things. Father, we ask this humbly.